podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Is this never ended up in McDonald's and I have had a trophy in Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of Chessie Hour. I am back. I am your host, Daniel Soft. I'm joined by two good men. I'm joined by Anu. What are you saying, Anu? Man, I'm good, man. It's good. It's been a while. It's been a hell of a while. It's been a while. Um, good to have you back. And me, what are you saying, bro? I can't complain, I can't complain, man. Good. I can't complain. Okay, so before we get into the pod, Fanslide are our sponsors. If you haven't checked them out, check them out. Go to the App Store or if you're an Android, go to the place where you get your, you know, obviously the Google Store. Fanslide is competitive. What I'll say about Fanslide is there's a, they've got a referral scheme going on where if you go into the app and you kind of share a link and you get someone to play, what happens is if they win, you win. So I've been on Fanslide. Um, um, I'm not going to really describe how to play the game, but I've been on Fanslide. The best moment with Fanslide is when Immobile scored um, for Italy. And you kind of have to time it. So you pick a player and if they score when you're on, you get loads of points. And that's been that. It almost feels like you've scored. But what topped that is I referred this guy um, to Fanslide and he's a wizard with all of this stuff. And he's winning me money. Like, he's literally winning me money. I'm sitting back. I don't even have to play no more. He's winning me money. So even if you don't feel like you're good on Fanslide, I'm going to put the link in the description, but refer it to your friends that are great at fantasy football, and they can literally win you money. And when I'm telling you, he's won me money. And just to, you know, sometimes when you win money on apps, you're thinking, is that really my money? I've withdrawn it and I've spent it. And I've got 20 pounds. And that's not even me. That's me referring to um, Fanslide. And the good thing they've done since then is they've doubled it. So the referral money before, I got 20. Um, now they've doubled it, I would have got 40. So they've, deb- they've doubled the referral friend bonus. Again, if you recommend someone and they win, that means they're going to match it. You're going to get the same uh, money. We're also starting a shirt competition for the knockout stage. Um, so obviously knockout stage hasn't started yet. But the people that get the most points with Touchdown Frecker, so all you have to do is go in the app and you have to be a friend of Touchdown Frecker. And if you get the mo- most points, and that means you're going to win a shirt. Fans like, um, they're good, especially for the games where it's like, actually, I'm not really concerned about this game because it's like, I know Lithuania is not in it, but it's like Lithuania versus Estonia. So really and truly, you can get to win money. But if, I'm not going to lie. If I was you, get on the app and start referring all your friends that are great at uh, fantasy football and all that type of stuff. All right. So, Chessie Awa, uh, Meads, Anu, 
obviously Chelsea aren't playing, but the good thing is some Chelsea players are playing. So the Euros is going on. Um, England versus Germany. Um, my first question, Anu Amid, uh, are you supporting England? And then second, obviously, is it coming home? We'll start with Anu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it co- I, I, I'm supporting England in the Euros, 100%. 100%. Okay. Everyone knows my affiliation to Nigeria, but this that's, that's <laughs> not the question. You asked me if I support England in yeah. the Euros. Yeah, yeah, Nigeria. I'm playing, so yeah, 100, percent man. I'm England all the way, man. Okay, are you feeling that? Are you feeling that it might be the year? Um, sadly, I'm not feeling it's going to be the year. However, if you asked me this before the tournament, I would have said probably this should be the year. Um, mm. I just think, quick opinion. I just think the manager, the person at the helm, is not utilised in this squad. Mm-hmm. as well as it could be utilised. I just think it's a very negative approach. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to change. Um, and I just think we, we, I think a team with the attacking talent we have available, let mm-hmm. them bloody play, bro. Let them bloody play. It doesn't matter if you'll concede. Let yes. these guys play, bro. Let them off the leash. Let them, give everyone a fair shot. Okay. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. So, but listen, I won't go too much into that, yeah, but yeah. I don't think it's the year because of, I simply, I'm going to say it, I simply don't think it's because of the manager. Okay. Um, okay. All yeah. right. All right. And are you are you all in for England? And then, like, if you are, if you're not, what do you think in terms of England's chances? Uh, well, I would have been if it weren't for the manager. So, at the moment, I'm supporting Bando Baby 29 and friends. Who is, so, Bando, who is Bando um, Baby 29? Just for the... It's Killer Cat. It's Killer Kai, number 29, Kai Havertz, you know the vibes. All right. Um, all right, so we're going to talk, talk a little bit about the England-Scotland game um, because obviously we had um, Gilmore playing for Scotland and we had Reese James and uh, Mason Mount playing as well. Now, Gilmore had a man-of-the-match appearance. I know it's been a bit long, but talk to me a little bit about Gilmore's appearance and then we'll get into a little bit about how we are linked with Declan Rice. And Gilmore showed up, Declan Rice and Phillips. And a lot of people are saying it's the best Canadian in the park. So we'll start with you, Meads. Talk to me a little bit about Gilmore. Man of the match debut. Um, well, it, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a, a habit for Billy where he starts a game in his first appearance in a competition and he gets man of the match. That's such the talent the boy has. He's he's very, very good player, very good player. And it's almost like he's a He's a bit of an unfortunate casualty of us having a very, very good midfield as it is. You know, you've got Jorginho, Igolo Kante and Kovacic that are in that double six um, position. And obviously Gilmore, I think he's more than good enough in terms of quality to, to rub shoulders with these guys. But in terms of experience and just temperament, um, he probably doesn't have quite what they have. And you only get that with games. And I feel like Billy Gilmore is the type of player that he's going to need a consistent run of games to not only earn his stripes as a Chelsea player, but just as, as a footballer. He's only still 18, 19. Um, so he needs, needs a consistent run of games. And fortunately, he's been linked with a move away, mm-hmm. um, a loan move to Norwich, which will be a very good position for him because, again, they play a similar system. Mm-hmm. And there's talks that Billy Gilmore will be in that double six position. So again, it's going to get him wedded to the system, wedded to playing in the Premier League week in, week out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in, in, in their performance again, you know, a lot of our fans have been talking about Declan Rice and how he's needed in our midfield. And I'm just like, okay, well, 
I don't really see how he's needed. What's he What's he needed for? Mm. Because you look at the style of play that we have, look at the style of way we try to progress play from the midfield. Um, it, it'd be different if you were trying to, um, I guess the way we used to attack under Lampard was out for the wings. And obviously Rice isn't needed really in that regard to, to break a line through the middle because we don't really attack from there. But where we are very centralised in our play now, it doesn't really make sense. So the way the way Gilmore showed him up in on Friday, on Friday or was it Thursday? On Thursday, it was really impressive because Gilmore showed for the ball. He was never afraid to take it, even under pressure. Mm-hmm. He was never scared to pass it forward when it was on. If it wasn't on, he wouldn't do it. He just recycled the ball. He's a very intelligent player. Very intelligent player. Obviously, he's got everyone knows the Billy likes to tackle. Where he gets stuck in. Mm-hmm. Um, technically, very very good. And like many of the pundits said. England don't really have a technical midfielder like that um, in their ranks. They probably do, but they just don't select him. And it's a bit odd. It's a bit funny where people talk about Scotland. They used to be seen as this primitive side that only play direct football and can't really play football. Um, but they selected Billy Gilmore, who barely kicked the ball for us. But that wouldn't happen for England. You know, you won't you won't pick your your most talented players if they're not playing. Um, you know, and you could just almost look at the, the treatment of even Jaden Sancho, who, again, who plays very, very regularly for Borussia Dortmund, one of their stars, but just certain talent, certain skill sets aren't really appreciated in England. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Billy Gilmore, if he was English, he'd be appreciated. I don't think he'd be selected either if yeah, he was English. That's the, that's the interesting thing. So, Anna, we'll come to you quickly about the whole thing. So, like, first and foremost, your opinion on rights, because we are heavily linked with rights. It seems like especially before the tournament, a lot of people said, actually, the missing piece is a Declan Rice. Meads was like, why is he Meads? I've, I've heard people say we need a vocal leader. I've heard people saying we need a DM with PMP. I've heard people say we need, like, a true DM. Um, so talk to me a little bit about Declan Rice and then get on to Gilmore's performance in that match if you watched it. You know what's got fun is because like, all those things you said, mm-hmm. Um, in terms of what we need and in terms of what people are saying, what the streets are saying, is that mm. all that goes out the window when you just won the Champions League. We don't need shit. Do you know what I mean? Do you, do you know what no, no, do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like all those things that what was said in terms of how much we need Rice, what we need him for, the voc- vocal, or that he can slot into, that he can also be a centre-back, that he can also be this. Oh, I think it was all right last season, if you ask me. Mm. We were good, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? We were good. So, so it's it's... In hindsight, hindsight's an, it's an amazing thing, do you know what I mean? But it's disrespectful to the players that were playing now. Yeah. We have Kante, who is the front runner for Ballon d'Or, do you know what I mean? Who plays in that position. Yeah. We have Jorginho, who was outstanding. Mm-hmm. Why is Basmati in this, this <laughs> position? Why is he, like, do you know what I mean? Like, how, like, you're asking me a question, it's not making sense to me. We yeah. just want to step his name with the two. DMs, who will probably be an outstanding. Jorginho has probably been one of the best players in the Euros right now. Kante, look what Pogba's doing. Like, 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 do you know what I mean? Look what sort of, I'm not saying it's because of Kante, but mm-hmm. it's definitely, there's something involved with that, right? And we've yeah. um, also got to factor in how good Kante was throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Um, he's getting the praise that he's always deserved now. Uh, in every game, you watch France games and the 
every every pundit and then literally say, look at Kante Anderson, look at his intelligence now. Better words, better adjectives are being used for him now, not just he's fast, he's, you know what I mean? Better adjectives, they're saying he's intelligent now. They're not saying these dumb things like, oh my gosh, he could just run fast, he's just always there, he's just, do you know what I mean? So, and then I'm gonna hear Basmati. Like, like, come on! Like, yeah. I don't understand. I don't understand. Like, I, I, I don't want to shout. I don't want to shout because we're early in the podcast. I need yeah. my voice. But yeah. um, don't, 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 I mean, don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I don't Declan Rice, Declan Rice isn't a bad player. You know, he, he's okay, mm. and you know what? He's a good friend player. Mm. Um, but we have got literally champions in our ranks. Like, mm. I, 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 I'm trying to understand. I'm trying to understand this missing piece element that people want to say because a lot of people were talking about a missing piece for England the other day and that missing piece was Billy Gilmore or player of his ilk. Yeah, exactly. Can I say in a player like that? Exactly. So I don't understand the missing piece discussion. Yeah. It's bizarre. And what's interesting is when, when Anu brings up the point that we've just won the Champions League, it's not just that we've won the Champions League. Actually, we had the best defensive record in Europe ever since Tuchel came, even in the league. Again, Champions League, how many goals did we concede? We weren't conceding goals. So this idea that we need defensive something to show up the defence, is that really true? When you look at a typical team at Chelsea, we need something in attack, not defence. So It's so strange. And then if you think about the figures that are involved about their That's like, what I was Euros, going to say. I think that's key. In, in before the euro started, what they're saying, what 70 80, 80 million pounds, all 80 in. million pounds for Rice, that, and that's scary considering that Chelsea absolutely need a striker. And uh, like, we have got well, look, Chelsea are very good at many things creating chances, creating quality chances. Defensively, we're very, very solid. However, when it comes to finishing our dinner, we've always had an issue, especially under Tuchel and Frank. So and that's just generally, we just don't have the profile player that's a, a clinical finisher or scores more often than not. Um, now, obviously, we're trying to address that with signing Haaland, but I, for the life of me, won't accept or tolerate the idea of signing someone for £80 million where we're very comfortable in. Like our position, our, our midfield options, we're very comfortable. Yeah. I don't think we absolutely need to sign anyone in midfield that we're desperate for anyone. Um, defensively, we're very, very good. So I'd, I'd rather us address the real pressing issue, which is our attack, yeah. than spunk £80 million on someone that we really don't need. And even if even if, even if, if you want to say, okay, we need a different profile of um, DM, fine. But does it need to be £80 million on Declan Rice? Yes. Probably not. And me. Why no? Yeah, no, and lads, ask you a question. We pay, if we pay £80 million for Basmati now, yeah? Yes, please. Is he? He's on the. He's on the bench, right? No. He can't be starting. What? Ask, what? Is he starting? How many? Yes. Eighty million. You have to start him. That's what I'm saying. Well, million. this is what I'm saying. But you're starting him on the price, or not on the quality that exactly. you have, right? Because yeah, exactly. How are you dropping Jorginho and Kante now? One of them. You're dropping one of them. It, it doesn't make sense. And to be fair, as much as ITKs are saying it, I don't think. Listen, we talked about they need the vocal. We need the vocal leader. I watched the England versus Scotland game. He wasn't a vocal leader for them. Like we're, we're talking about, we need PMP. We they were talking about we need PMP. He was using his pace and power to run from the ball, to hide, not to not to show for the ball. Do you know what I'm saying? And when it comes down to it, a lot of people talk about price with Declan Rice. With me, like 80 million or two million. 
when I'm on a big stage, I need someone to be brave enough, like Gilmore was, to come and get the ball. I wouldn't, I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't be happy with Rice in, as a midfielder at two million. It will still irk me. Do you know what I'm saying? William. Because, because remember, do you want to know why? Because you're taking up the position of a player that can actually do it. You're taking up room. We've already talked about this. We talked about this when it came to the signings of Bakayoko's, the signing of Drinkwater's, yeah. signings of Zappa Costa's. We've literally done it. We've, we've, we've danced this dance before. We've danced to this tune before, plenty of times. Wait. And I've always been against it. You cannot sign a player that is not top level for top money when you've got youth players that can literally do what they are doing. It I, makes no sense because you get caught in these positions like we are with Danny Drinkwater, who's still at the club, by the way. Mm. Daniel Drinkwater is still at the club, by the way. He's played less than 10 games for Chelsea. Yeah, it's crazy. That that's scary. It's, it's crazy. And what, what, what I'm saying, annoying me. Go on. Go on what, I'm, what I'm not saying about the situation as well, mm. which I thought it was Lampard driving this Basmati stuff. It, it was. Which is now pissing me off because now it's still, the conversation is still, it's still happening. And I thought it was, so is it, are we saying that it's not Lampard driving this, that the club is really, Lampard's, Lampard, really Lampard was driving it, but you have to understand, Mason Mount and Rice mm. are big friends. Obviously, his friends that like, were people in the squad, Tuchel did say he might listen to suggestions from the squad in terms of who they should buy. But I think when it comes down to it, rice at 2 million, rice at 80 million, like literally forget about the price, I don't care. When I'm looking at this guy at the highest level, he doesn't fill me with confidence to be in our midfield. And so even if we get him at 10 million, if we, if we get him at 10 million, I'd still kind of prefer a Billy Gilmore in there who's brave enough to kind of... I, 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 I stand corrected. He's played 22 games, 23 games for Chelsea, Daniel Jumbo. 23 games. Yeah. At a cost of £40 million on 120k a week. It's scary. I just... And that's not to say that, this is what I'm saying, Declan Rice isn't a bad player. He's not a terrible player. But for £80 million, you're blocking the pathway of Billy Gilmore and other midfielders that we have in our academy. Why? If it was an exceptional talent, if it was for Marco Verratti, for example, fine, pay the £80 million. Because Marco Verratti, he's a top-quality operator. You know what I mean? He will definitely improve our midfield. But Rice... I, I don't see it. I don't understand it. But here we are. Yeah. And okay. I, I, I really do hope the rumours do go away. And I think that the longer that this tournament goes on, um, the worse it is for West Ham and Declan Rice. Yeah. I think, that potential move. I think the run with the Champions League and also the Euros, because it's a massive platform. Massive platform means that obviously loads of people are watching. I think that mm-hmm. this is the type of platform that can make you or break you. And I think from the Euro so far, thankfully, and we'll talk about um, Mount as well, um, but I was going to mention Havertz. Again, the Champions League run, a lot of people were questioning Havertz. A lot of people were questioning Havertz. We had, you know what I'm saying? I knew we've been on the Discord, everyone saying 90 million all in, all of that type of stuff. Mariah. Yeah, Mariah, exactly. But because the Champions League is a massive platform, you can't hide from it. They saw what he could do, just like they're seeing what he can do in the Euros. Just like with Jorginho, so and the same thing, like like I said, it can make you, it can break you. I think with Rice, it's kind of breaking him. But with I want to move on from Rice, talk a little bit about Mount. So obviously the whole situation with Gilmore, Mount, Ben Chilwell, the whole COVID situation. But before we kind of touch on that, 
how do you think Mount has done um, for England in the Euros? And we'll come to you, Annie, first, and we'll go to me. Um, yeah, um, I, I don't think we've seen him at his best mm-hmm. because I think as Chelsea fans, we know kind of what he can do. It, I feel quite harsh to criticise him because I think you, you can criticise the majority of that of the attacking lineup, bar, bar probably Sterling, really. Um, um, yeah, it's it's difficult because I think a lot of it does come down to. I feel like I'm putting this all on Southgate, but a lot of it does come to down to Southgate and how he's kind of playing him. Um, I would listen. I've always said from from podcasts before and probably a bit controversial that I just like seeing Mount from deeper midfield positions. Um, I've just had a personal preference for that. Um, I think he would be superb sitting next to next to Phillips. Um, if it is Rice, as it's always next to Rice, I think it would be superb coming from that. For example, we've got to look at the Champions League ball. Look at the ball he put in um, for Havertz. He put that in from the halfway line, bottom left. Do you know what I mean? I, I just feel like he's better when his um, when he's facing towards the play as opposed to back against yeah, back against the opposite, op, op, opposing goal. That's always been my kind of preference. I, lo- I love him driving with the ball and I just think we'll see better. We'll see a better Mason Mount if we see him from that angle. I just don't think we have seen the best from him mm-hmm. at all currently. Um, obviously, he didn't play last game and if we'll see him again, it's, it's, it's even unsure with this isolation stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think there's still a lot more to come from him. Um uh, but I don't think he's been utilised in his, in his best position, especially as well when there, I feel there are better players than him mm-hmm. in the positions where he's playing. Um, so I think Mount's superb. I think he's had a superb season. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think he needs to be utilised a bit better. Perfect. So that's Meads. a bit Meads, what do you think about Mount's tournament so far? You're on mute, bro. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I thought the first game, he was actually quite good, to be fair. Um, yeah, busy, industrious, showed quality, some moments of quality as well. Um, but I think in that I think in that game, we played the left of a, a three-man midfield, right? Yeah. Um, so he looked, he, looked, he looked pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Against Scotland, for some reason, he looked like he was playing as a 10. Um, and again, you know me, me and Mason Mount as a number 10, it, just, it, it, it is an eyesore for me. Oh, I can't stand it. Um, I feel like I feel like managers. I feel like managers like or Lampard and Southgate in particular use his press his capacity to press, and they completely ignore all his other qualities. And in doing so, you take so much out of the game for Mason. In my opinion, I feel like. Mason Mount doesn't need to be a, a, this energetic bunny that needs to be pressing ever decently. Like, it doesn't need to be done that way. Mm-hmm. And I think you, you take so much away from your team structure in playing a player like that. Mm. Mount is far better behind the ball. Like, and build, as in backing up play and trying to progress play from a further back. It doesn't make sense to play him in a 10 because he hasn't got the... Yeah, I haven't got the. It's not even about the technical ability because I think Mason Mount is very, very good technically. But I think this, this the, the, it's just the softer stuff, the ability to beat a man one v one, to wait, to, to operate in those pockets, very, very difficult. And Mason's getting better at it, but I feel like it's better suited to a player like Grealish, a player like Foden, 
you know, players that can operate in those spaces will do a better job. I feel like if you take take out Declan Rice, for example, that midfield, and you you you, you play a Mason Mount and you play Phillips in the pivot and you get another centre midfielder, maybe a Henderson, that might make sense. Yeah. But to play to, to play him as a ten is for me is quite problematic because you're not going to get much into by the way of creativity from him in that regard. You need someone that's going to really be feeding Harry Kane. And I know Harry Kane's come under a lot of criticism. He's not looked good for me. Um, technically, he's been all over the shop. Like in terms of his physicality, he's been all over the shop. But to be fair to him, he's been starved of creativity, not just from what like from central areas. I mean, mm-hmm. and wide. So I, you know, what I mean, I just feel like I, I feel like Mount becomes an issue um, when you when you have to when you're forced to play him in certain roles. But that that being said, the thing with Mason Mount as well is when when people start to doubt him, I think goes up to another gear. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not been great, but I I only bank him. I I bet on him to improve because that's just the character he has. To be honest, yeah. he's got and that bit of resilience and grit about him. Yeah, and it's early days in the tournament too. But you, you mentioned Grealish, and I'm seeing growing links for Chelsea to Grealish. So back to you, Anu. We're linked with Grealish, just like you said before. Look, this team won it, but I think a lot of us think that our attack can use improvement. Is Grealish the guy to improve our attack? Uh, yes, but I'm not. Listen, I'm never gonna. I can't believe I even thought about that. Bring yeah. Grealish that. Vingin is a Chelsea yeah of course he's going to make a difference mm-hmm. he's going to make a difference because he's a star quality bro he's elite so people make way but who you sell people with that's, that's the game isn't it but, do you know what I mean if someone's that good I think he is that good mm-hmm. I think um, Grealish is special I think he's he does things other players can't um, and the harsh reality is someone's got to go for that player. So I think the only reason I, I, I stuttered at first was just sentimental. Like you feel bad for if someone has to go out for him. But yeah, it's the, the game's a game. And if you want to be at the top and stay at the top, um, this is how you got to do. you got to keep bringing incredible talent in and keep people um, putting people under pressure. The reason why I love Greedish is because we, we, we saw last season how much ball we got. Um, I'm talking, sorry, I'm talking strictly under Tuchel. Uh, yeah. I don't even know that first half of the season. <laughs> Nonsense, man. I'm talking, anyway, that's when, yeah. So, um, the Wolves game. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw how much ball we got and how much, even how many chances we did create um, without scoring, yes. We had someone up top. But imagine that with Grealish as well. I also, th- I think he's also going to score goals. Yeah. I think we lacked, one thing we really lacked last season was goals from outside the box. Just, mm-hmm. Um, surprise goals, do you know what I mean? Surprise elements. And I think he has that. He has that step, shift inside from the left and just bang it off the right. So quick, do you know what I mean? He's done that for Villa. Mm-hmm. And also just the amount of his slide through balls that he will do. Um, he does things that we don't see and we're like, wow. Um, and 100%, he will slot in nicely that team. And coming from Villa, I think if Villa had a very good season, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but coming from there, to Chelsea, where we're going to have so much more of the ball. He's just going to enjoy it so much more. I can't imagine this guy not wanting to come to Chelsea if, if it was on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen those tweets. Do you know what I mean? I saw some, saw some tweets saying that... Um, yeah. what, the, what, what? Sorry, remind me. What were those tweets again? 
What did he? So, no, so I've seen a couple of tweets saying that. I've, really? seen, I've seen a couple of interests. Yeah, go on. Yeah, I've seen a couple of tweets nah, saying that. Actually, Grealish, Chelsea are the favourites to land Grealish. Um, Man City are also supposed to be interested for him. Sorry, oh. forgive me. No, 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 Dan. I was referring to actually tweet he was talking. Oh no, I know about... he was talking. He was talking about no in 2012. It was 2013. I think they were doing like a, a review <laughs> of the Chelsea tw- Champions League. That was it. <laughs> and he was like it was one of the most inspirational documentaries he's ever seen. Come on, so, his eyes there. That's yeah. a, do you know what I mean? His eyes there. I mean, I mean, for me, with, with Grealish, obviously, I think he's a great player. Mm-hmm. Great, great player. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some reservations in the way... It, it, it's in the manner in which we play. Um, I have some reservations whether he'd be a right fit. But one thing that we do definitely lack is, is creativity. Um, I don't feel like... The, the, the way in which he creates chances, I think that can definitely improve us. But again, we need someone to... To finish the dinner. Now, I think if you play Kai Havertz as a false nine, as you've pretty much seen over the last couple of weeks and months, that he can finish and mm-hmm. he can score goals. And if he plays, if he plays regularly enough, um, but I kind of do want an actual killer. And when you when you do buy Grealish, what happens to someone like a Mason Mount in that in that scenario? Do you change shape to fit him in, or what happens for you, lot? I don't know. Uh, when it comes down to it, from all of we talked about Gilmore going on loan, and Tuchel, uh, allegedly Tuchel wanting him there because they play a double six. So for me, we're not going to be playing in midfield three. We're going to stick with the double pivot, um, and that that suggests to me as well that it's probably not a four two three one. That is three, a three four three. A Grealish comes in, and you're right. Yeah. If a Grealish and a Haaland comes in, then that kind of fucks up the whole attack. Now, Anu said he's ruthless. Anu's like, yo, just bring in quality. And you know what I'm saying? It was almost like cold-blooded. If you've got a golden sayonara. Yeah. So my question to Anu quickly is, who are you willing to sell your soul for? Are you saying, okay, cool. Because Ziyech has looked like apparently Ziyech might be leaving. And part of the rumour was actually Chelsea will look to Grealish if Ziyech leaves. But I know a lot of people are thinking, actually, if CH leaves, that kind of gives space to Hudson Odoi. So are you, when you was kind of starring and um, in Aaron, was Hudson Odoi one of the players that you was thinking of? And and now are you saying that you're willing to uh, cut the cord with Hudson Odoi? No, it, it actually wasn't. It actually wasn't. I, I I was listen. I see. I don't. I don't really know where Hudson Odoi's position. Mm-hmm. Where Tuchel sees his position, I'm actually very confused about the situation in my yeah. head because I actually think if he keeps it the three four exactly two one, I think um, Hassan Adoy. I actually thought he was superb and he did play right wing back. Mm-hmm. Listen, I know it's a bit controversial. I don't know, maybe that's that's not where he started his career, but mm-hmm. I really think he could really develop it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually did not even consider. Okay. and Cho yeah. to be factored in. If Ziyech left, I wouldn't lose any sleep over it. I wouldn't. I thought he had a bad first season. Yeah. That's that's not me also saying that he doesn't have another season. But if Ziyech left over Grealish, I I think that'd be a good buy. And and and, and I'm saying that specifically on the fact that we've seen Grealish do it in the Prem. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen. But I know, with that though, yeah, do it. Like, well, it's very important. 
it's very it's very important to actually recognise that yeah, Greenwich has done it in the Prem, but Greenwich has done it in a team that gets paid a lot less respect than we do. Mm-hmm. You know, Greenwich plays for Aston Villa. Greenwich plays for team that he got he got a lot more space to operate in. You know, and it's almost like remember the, the Harry Maguire situation. I'm not again, it's not me not to say that Greenwich isn't of a, a higher calibre of player than uh, you know uh, say Maguire, but when you go to a new team, a new environment, and a new way of playing, certain things that are asked of you, certain questions that are asked of you, are going to be very, very different. And, you know, I, that's not to say that Grealish can't answer them. It's just that you may not get the same Grealish that you got at Villa. But me, and I think that's something... Can I tell you what? I think that's... Yeah. No, I hear I that. think that's something that we need to recognise. No, I hear that, but could you not argue that in a Villa team... Where they're, I'm not even talking about the change of culture and teams. I'm saying in a Villa team where they're not as good as what Chelsea are. Um, they get less of the ball. Yeah. Uh, they have to make more with what they do with the ball. Yeah. Um, therefore, being more clinical and actually, it's actually more pressure than being at a Chelsea team where we actually have much more percentage of the ball. We have yeah. a lot more chances that we've seen that we don't finish and that he can have more fun with. I, I, I would argue that. I'm not. I'm not. I'm be, not in disagreement. In fact, I'm oh, not in disagreement yeah. at all. It's just, a po- I'm just posing it as a, yeah. you can't guarantee. Well, when you talk about what you've seen in the Prem already, no, I'm yeah. just saying, when you say, oh, we've seen what you've done already in the Prem, like, that's like the, the Prem proven theory. I don't really buy that. Agree. You know However, what I'd say to that point is, we've seen Grealish coming to England and, you know, I'm saying slotting. And, like, even no matter what the game is, it's, it's a new environment, new manager, etc. Um, and every single time I see him, he's levels above every single player. And that's a team with other good quality players. And like you can argue at Aston Villa, they give him the ball, they give him the ball. But at England, they don't have to give him the ball. They don't, but he's still the kind of leader in attack. And I, I don't have any reservations of a, a Grealish coming in and being quality for us. I know you were just posing the question, but um, I do think it comes down to our attack is a mess already. So we do kind of have to clean it up. And I'm not going to say no to Grealish because I think he's one of the best players in Premier League. But I kind of want to move on to a Chelsea player. Now, Kai Havertz is having a great tournament. Um, he was part of that dem- demolition of Portugal. Even though he scored one goal, I think he was involved in like all four. All four. All four. Um, and all four, I'm seeing the Dan comparisons. Um, Listen. Ger- Germany almost went out, which would have been a shame because it's coming like, for some reason, it feels like for me, Kai is now becoming a big game player. So my question to you quickly on Germany, because Germany are playing England. Um, we've got Havertz to talk about. We've got Gosens. A lot of people talked about him. And then we've got Musiala to talk about. And obviously Werner is, is on the bench for him. So I kind of want to just open the floor, talking about Germany and what you think about Havertz, Werner, Musiala. Me. Man, three out of four of them are my drillers as well. So look, I'll tell you right now, Kai Havertz, and I've said this before, and I continuously say it, Kai Havertz is going to make a lot of people look very, very stupid. A couple of them already tried to U-turn already. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no. Like, a couple of them have tried to do it on, on a slide already after all of the sins that they've said, after all of the sins that they've been sinning over the last year. Look, Kai Havertz, yeah? Kai Havertz. If you watch the Hungry game, yeah, Hungry were giving Germany problems. Like, Big, big problems. And I found that 
the biggest issue is that they couldn't get Havertz into the game. And it's funny how Havertz has now become this linchpin and this this critical piece to Germany's attack in a way that like he's actually causes oppo- opposition defences massive problems with his movement. And when Germany can't actually find him in these pockets or these areas in which he could threaten the team, they look a shambles in attack, an absolute shambles. Muller was missing from the game and Leroy Sane played and he was absolutely dreadful. But when when you when you lack that um that connection from the midfield to the attack, Kai Havertz was pretty quiet. And I think you saw that in the first game against France, where Havertz was making beautiful runs into the box. Him and um, and Gnabry, to be fair, both making amazing incisive runs into the box, but the passes weren't forthcoming. And, you know, Germany paid the price and lost that game. But honestly, Kai Havertz, for me, he's an undeniable talent. There's Mm -hmm. some people in this world, there's some people on this earth, yeah, who are just excellent Mm -hmm. and they're completely undeniable and they can't be denied. You know what I mean? Kai Havertz is one of those people. And the more you try and deny it, the more stupid you end up looking. You know? So... The interesting thing about Havertz is, I know, like, it, it's so weird because I don't think people realise when he came to Chelsea, he was literally, he just turned 21. So he was 20 years old. Gilmore is 20 years old now. And because he's small and he looks like a baby, people treat him like a baby. When people talk about star boys and stuff like that, Havertz is on the pitch, but I don't necessarily think people, I don't think people see him as a young player. Um, all Coming into the Euros, everyone was saying, um, Mbappe, who's, what is he, 23, 22? Um, you know, obviously Felix, who hasn't got a game is at this point. Um, there's there's loads of pe- players that people talk about. Havertz so far seems to be taking the shining light. Um, and yeah, like you said, a lot of people try to deny him. I think it's because obviously he cost a lot of money he came to Chelsea, so people don't want to see him do well. But he's doing very well to, to shut the haters up. Um, I kind of want to quickly come to you on Havertz, Anu, and then after we can talk about Gosens, Mutsiala and Werner. Well, is it back to me? Yeah, go on. If I knew you no, so, so I was on with you. Apologies. No, no, listen, my brother me said it all, man. Like, like, I echo everything he says. Okay. Um, Havertz, £70 million transfer fee. Listen, all paid back. All paid back already. <laughs> all paid back already. All in anything you want to say, all of them. All of them. Listen, I was there on the Discord when they, mm-hmm. these guys were shouting, COVID. <laughs> COVID attack. They'll say, who is he? Is Havertz playing? Every Chelsea game, is Havertz playing? Is Havertz playing? I say, yes, he's playing. He's there. Watch yeah. him. Wait. Now, look. Everyone, no, no, I don't get any tweets. I don't get any messages anymore. No that's, that's, that's it. That's all I have to say. Man. I yeah. get, no, no one's harassing You see what? The ops aren't harassing You see, and this is this is because Frank Lampard refused. He didn't understand the player that you had. Mm-hmm. It's, such a, it's such a criminal, criminal way to introduce a young player mm-hmm. to the Premier League where you put him in positions where he can't thrive. That is one of the biggest crimes that he's actually done because Kai Havertz, now you're putting him in a place where he can operate properly. He looks a class apart from most players on the pitch. That's how good he is. I did always say this. I do always say, give these guys time. 
And I was saying, I was actually saying this like deeply on the Discord. I was like, just give these guys time. Mm -hmm. These guys were shouting, the ops were shouting in January, obviously with no preseason, nothing. I kept saying this. You need to factor me, there was no preseason, new country, new change, not even turning 21. Why is all that going out the window? That suddenly went all out the window with our transfers. Yeah. That was completely ignored. It was just like, why isn't he banging 20 goals? I was just like, what? Are you deep in what you're actually saying here? He's moving country. He's changing family. He's moving like, everything. He's 21. There's there's COVID. There was no preseason. I mean, deep the importance of a preseason. It's so important. There wasn't one. We went straight into an intense season. Now, look, everything's calmed down. He's like, look how he finished the season. And look what he's doing for Germany. But yeah. the, 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 the class is there to see. Like it's just so funny how so funny how quickly things change, man. It's so funny because literally, if you asked me that question four months ago, I'm sure everyone would be shouting. It's so funny, man. <laughs> Listen, it was a fantastic signing, and he's going to be world class. Yeah. Can't wait to see him blossom, man. Yeah, I think everyone everyone's realizing that now. But um, Ghostens is a name on a lot of Chelsea fans' lips. We do. We've obviously got enough left wing backs, stroke left backs already. We currently got Alonso. We got Emerson still. Emerson, who actually had a great game for Italy. Um, Chilwell still hasn't managed to play for England. But Gosens is someone who was actually linked with under Lampard. And yes. at this point, there's not many teams across Europe that are playing a 3-4-3. And Gosens is more of a wing-back than he is a left-back, which kind of makes the mind wonder, should Chelsea be interested in Gosens? So we'll come to you, Meads, on Gosens. Um. So with Gozen, right? Again, I've been a big fan for a long time. Like he is, I think he is proper quality, like high-level player. Like his final third delivery is incredible. His left foot is, is amazing, but he's got he's not super fast. He's relatively quick, but I don't I wouldn't even say like he's fast, but I'd say he's high energy, right? So he can get up and down. He's almost like a, I think Chilwell's of that ilk as well. I wouldn't say Chilwell's super fast, but he's high energy. So Chilwell can get up and down. And the same can be said with Guzans. But I think Guzans as well, is a, he's a probably a better defender. Um, I don't think he's just a top player. Top, top player. Um, plays for Atalanta. Um, got Champions League experience. I probably would look to Guzans if, for example, we're getting rid of... It seems to be we're getting rid of Alonso and Emerson. So... It would, it would be a goodbye, to be honest. And there's not that many left wing backs out there. And the same way that, you know, apparently we're linked with Hakimi, it'd be, you know, interesting to get actual natural wing backs. Because Chilwell's not a natural wing back. He's a left back by trade. Reece James is a right back by trade. But to get actual specialist players in these specialist positions might actually make sense. I like that. Actual natural wing backs. I don't know if you saw Gosen's um, Anu. But a lot of Chelsea no. fans, I think that a lot of the footballing world are like, wow, this is a great player. Um, so what, what are your thoughts on Gosens? No, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to put my hands up in. I don't I don't know too much about this guy. Oh. I'm going to do some homework on him now. Is that what, is that what the streets are saying? Like, this, this is the guy? Yeah, so like, for Germany, like he's been basically one of the stars of the tournament. Every single yeah, tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it unearths. And Gosens... I've, I've, I've been watching him in the Euros, but I haven't watched him previously. Yeah. But no, yeah, it's yeah, good. Yeah. I didn't even know that we were even linked with him. So We were linked. We were linked. Forgive me, but yeah, listen, it's interesting actually that we're linked with two wing backs. It, it, uh, it's interesting to see 
what Tuchel's mindset is. Clarity, clarity, Adam. We were linked under Lampard. So when we was bringing the Germans, obviously we was linked to Werner, Havertz, and the third German was Gosi. We aren't linked this summer. Um, but I'm just asking the question, if we are going to be losing Alonso, if we're going to be losing Emerson too, is it a thing where we should focus on Gosens or is that kind of overkill? But yeah, just like, if you, if yeah, you haven't... Without knowing him, yeah, without knowing him, um, I, I, going back to what Mead said originally, I don't think this should be our focus, this kind of, these positions. Yeah. Um, I do think we have one major position we need to focus on and that is, uh, that is up top. Um, All right, okay. If that does come in, look, look. Yeah, okay, that's great academy players. Like, we just trust our academy. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So talk about wing backs. We're coming to Hakimi. It seems like um, we've lost Hakimi. I'm just sometimes you've got to listen to the chat, and the chat is saying that his wife wants to be in Paris. Um, PSG are going to go all in and pay the 80 million, whereas Chelsea are just trying to offer Alonso plus 60. Is this something like thoughts on losing Hakimi? Are you really up about it, Meads, or? Is it just? I mean, I just want to say it's his thirty-six-year-old um, wife um, who is seemingly dictating wow. his twenty-two-year-old career, which is Whoa. you know it's interesting. But we see we've seen this kind of before. We we've seen this before in regards to um, Akadi um, and his pe- and his wife. Um, Oh, my navigating God. and dictating where he's going to play football, but um, what I don't understand as a footballer, um, really, if your if your aim is to win and compete, surely you want to go to a best place where you know you might fulfil and reach your targets and reach the pinnacles of football, which Chelsea have done twice and PSG have consistently failed to do over the number of years that they pump money into their club. But anyway, Hakimi for me, I think he's a quality player, superb mm-hmm. player. And any club that misses out on him will miss, miss. But at the same time, like I said at the top, pay, paying eighty million pound for a player in these areas, I, I, I'm not comfortable until you get a, uh, someone as you get a striker or an attacker that can kind of address our, our offensive issues. Because yes, Hakimi, and to be fair, Hakimi might actually kill two birds with one stone. If you were to buy him, because he definitely brings a lot in the final third. Mm-hmm. You know, he's one of the most productive right wing backs or right backs in European football. That that's undeniable. But like I said before, chance creation isn't so much an issue for a typical team. It's putting the ball in the back of the net. Because mm-hmm. even with Hakim Ziyech, where Andy was saying you're yeah, missing too much, there's like if you re-review the season. And when Ziyech did actually get on the pitch, because Ziyech did have a lot of injury problems, which a lot of people seem to be forgetting. Um, he had a lot of injuries. But when he did get on the pitch, he created quite a lot of chances. And whilst his chance creation isn't the mode that I particularly enjoy, um, it's very, very direct. And so when it is off, and when he is off, it is really, really bad. But when he's on, he can create a lot of chances. Um, again, when you get rid of players like that, and you, you need you need someone to supply the bullets, and so I get I understand why you want to target a player like Hakimi because he creates so much from mm-hmm. wide, but you need a striker, and I feel like we need to prioritize hitting getting a striker that can potentially improve our attack, and then you can get the other pieces. But, you know what I mean, but they can't work on it one by one. They have to work on it 
you know what I'm saying? There's not much time. They have yeah, to yeah, it's not, it's not, yeah. You have to work in it in, 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 in unison. We have to work in it all, in, all together. But that being said, yeah, Hakimi's a miss, but I'm of the full belief, and I've, I've said it before, and I, I've said it again, I'm of the full belief that Tino Livermento is more than good enough to play for us. Mm. I'm, I'm more than comfortable. That being said, he needs to be given the opportunity. And if he's given the opportunity, I have no, no doubt that he will shine. Because I think he is really, really, really good. I, I did. Really good. We've done a couple of pa- patron pieces. One of the patron pieces we've done, we did um, Isak versus Haaland. And because we are linked with Isak, he's supposed to be the backup just in case we can't get Haaland. Haaland is looking at 154 million, and I heard 600 grand a week. But Roman apparently is targeting him, he's going to try and get him. Another piece we did 600. I'm hearing 600k a week, which will shatter. Lord. Yeah. Oh. So it's crazy. So I know that everyone's saying we need we need a striker, but damn, 600k a week. I knew. What's your thoughts on that? Do you don't care? Bring him. Ugh. Ugh, that's salaries. You know, it's filling my chest. You know Yeah, because then Kante yeah. has to get parity. Do you know what I'm saying? Or close to. Well, to be fair, he's gonna. Well, if if you, if you see him as if we see him as gonna be up there with the best stars in the world, then pay him what he's worth. I, it, I just think it's different in the prem. When I haven't seen someone in the prem, I just feel yeah. uncomfortable. Because that, that's my only problem. It's just yeah. we've seen it time and time and yeah. again. Yeah. And um, allegedly, well, listen, the prem. The prem test is so it's important, and not many bearman fell it. So. This is yeah, what I'm saying. Look at our striker. Look at our striker. Look at Werner. Look yeah. at Werner now. And, and Werner is at 350k a week. Allegedly. No way. No yes. way. Even still, even still, that's too much for what he was returning last season, right? But this no, is what no, I'm no. saying. Werner, Werner's not a 350. Werner's definitely and, not. Allegedly. Werner's not a high paid. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm not sure, but that's kind of what I heard. But yeah, when it comes down to it, we talked about chart. We talked about buying a striker, but we've seen Haaland struggle. In for Dortmund when Sancho was out, where there was no creation, where there was no creation, even for Norway, he, he wasn't scoring as much as he's one on one in in the league. For Norway, he wasn't scoring every single game. So creation is still an important thing. And for me, anyway, just giving my two cents on it, um, I don't think we've played well enough when we've played against the smaller teams. And I think that specifically ramped up when we stopped playing Hudson Doy uh, at um, wing back. And so when you talk about actual natural wingbacks, I do think that when people are like, oh, if this is a place, I wouldn't strengthen the right wingback position. Like, 100% would. Like, if you're not going to play a hudson Odoi there, um, if you're not going to play a Livermento Odoi, I don't want to see Reese James and, and Asby there, personally, because I feel like we need a proper attacker, because otherwise we just look so kind of dull against smaller teams. I agree. One quick question. Are we, not looking, are we not looking from that Champions League final that there's... Gonna be some real intention to play Reese James right CB. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, <laughs> what, what do you, I do? What do you think? I, I assume from the performance he put out on that final, and I the fact so. he trusted him, the fact he trusted I, him there on a, that kind nah, of nah, scale. In the game. final, he played in the right. No, nah, in the final, he played right wing back. He played right wing back. So, Aspie played. He played wing back. Aspie played. Aspie played. Aspie played wing back. I think Aspie played wing back. No, 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 Aspie played wing back. James played right no, CB. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Okay, okay, okay. But let's not discuss no, it on the pod. What, 
Okay, okay. Let's take the offline. Let's take the offline. Yeah, I don't know why I thought that. Wait, are you sure? Am I going mad? Okay, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm a million percent sure. Okay. Million percent sure. But, but Meads, you was going to say. Research if it won't work. You was going to say about the wing back position. I need to. One of us is going to get dragged. Yeah, so. Let's move on. Let's move on. We'll find out. Anyway, we'll find out. The streets are going to tell us. It's, it's just recorded. We're live, baby. Anyway, go on. So what with do you say? The, with the wing back position, um, mm-hmm. you need to um, like I like I said, Hakimi's a big miss because he creates a lot from that side, a million percent. So if you weren't gonna get Hakimi, then fine, get Guzin instead. You see, what I'm trying to say, yeah. Dan, because you get you get Guzin who creates again. He's another productive one. From that side, um, another productive one from the left hand side. So if you if people are concerned, remember they were concerned a lot. It seems like the Chelsea fans were concerned a lot about Reese James and um, Reese James and Livermento. Again, I've never been a fan of Reese James as a wing back. Um, I know he tore City apart in terms of in the league game against Mendy, um, but Tom Stuckel has spoken about Reese James as a wing back for a number of times about he switched Aspi and Reese on a couple of occasions because Aspi is far more braver in attack, far braver on the ball. And that's why the switch kind of makes sense. And Reese James at the right centre-back is actually a, a, it's a nice position for him because I think he gets to see the bigger picture. I've said this a couple of times, but as a wing-back, he plays it very, very safe. He barely passes forward as a wing-back, barely drives forward as a wing-back. Um, so, yeah. I, I, I definitely think that wing-back can be upgraded, but I just always want to prioritise this uh, attack first. And I know the wing-backs kind of form part of the attack under Tuchel, so it's kind of like an oxymoron, not okay. factoring in the wing-backs. Uh, want... so, but, yeah, go on. Yeah, I was going to say, I want to come to you on an attack in terms of, we've got a question from um, TK, and he's asking about our attack, specifically the attack in three. And he's talking about the composition of our attack because a lot of us on touchline, especially I, I say a lot of anyway, that we need two goal scorers and then maybe something else to complement them. So TK asks, does the Chelsea front three still need to consist of two goal getters? And if so, who are they for you? So go with me, then we'll come back to Anu. Well, I again, you know, I'm a big, I'm a big advocate of the, that setup. Uh, two attack, two two goal scorers and a and a creator. Um, so ideally, you get a one and two, two and three. Then you've got to create that's a one and three that can that will score goals at a one and three rate, but assist more. Um, so just just from the what we have in our squad at the minute, yeah. Um, or, or am I saying this for potential? So if we say so, Isaac, Isaac or Haaland, we've, we've, we've actually got two questions and we can answer both of them together. So there's A and there's B. We've got TK who says. Yeah. Does the Chelsea front three still need to have two goal scorers? And if so, who are they? So just tell me, like, it doesn't mean that they have to be in the squad. So you, you can do your own fantasy if you want Haaland or whatever. And then the second question, okay. and like Joe says, what would be the best front three based on the players we have right now if we take into okay. consideration goal front and consistency? So do A, which okay. is just the, and then B after. Okay, cool. Um, so 
if we were to get Haaland, then it'd be Hudson Odoi, mm-hmm. Haaland, and Havertz. Okay. Simply because I don't see Mason Mount as a creative, like, a, a, when I mean a, a proper prime creator, I know that people look at his stats and say, oh, yeah, he created 99 chances last season, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Um, but Mason Mount's creativity isn't necessarily of high quality chances from open play. Mason Mount's creativity generally comes from set pieces, um, which is fine. That's not a bad thing. It's not a, 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 a means to attack him. It's just that he's just not of that ilk of a, a prime creator, a person that enters the box and, you know, that his final third entries aren't that high. His, you know, his final third passing isn't that high. So it's just th- those certain small intricacies that people kind of miss. So I'd probably say Hudson, statistically, he's probably, well, I think, one of the top three in the league mm-hmm. um, if, for players that played over a 1,000 minutes. And that was him from wingback as well, which is nuts. Um, so, yeah, for me, I'd, that would be my front three because Kai Havertz, I think, if you play him regularly enough and closer to goal, he'll score goals. Haaland is Haaland. Mm-hmm. Um, now, in terms of what we currently have as a setup. Um, it's going to be a bit of a funny one. It's going to be slightly different. Um, so obviously Havertz, I'd play Havertz as a false nine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually play Werner, to be honest. I'd play Werner because for as much as he doesn't score goals um, at a consistent rate, Werner creates a lot of chances um, for his cutbacks and his endeavour and movement. Um, and the third player... Uh, there's not really other scorers though. Oh man, that's the problem. We don't actually have any real scorers. So you've got, you've got Bernard, you've got Kai, and then third attacker. Um, it'd probably be Hudson again. Okay. Um, it's, it's a toss up between Hudson and funny enough, Mount. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't really see because Mount, I feel like at that, in that position he can drop into midfield and create from there. I think he's better and he operates better there, um, but not in the final third. The reason why I'd probably yeah, so toss up between him and Hudson again, creativity. So I'm a again that 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 throws off my balance, but that throws off my balance entirely because my balance is all about having two attackers and goal scorers. Mm-hmm. So I don't have that. I don't have that in that setup, and that's why it's so important that we get a striker, we yeah. get someone that can hit goals. Because it, even as we currently stand, my my what I like or what I require from a side or for my side isn't being fulfilled. Do you mm. get it? Okay, so you're not gonna are you not gonna pick a final one out of parts in the mouth. Or... Uh, uh, there's no point because I'm not happy with it anyway. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. There's no difference. Anu, so question A, um, if you had your way, you can bring in players, who would your f- uh, attacking three be? Yeah, so up top will be Haaland. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll bring in Grealish. Obviously, I've mm-hmm. picked him up all this episode, so I've got to bring him in. <laughs> yeah. um, delivering balls to Haaland inside. And I would also I'll bring Grealish on the left. Mm-hmm. And um, on the right side... You know, weirdly, because Haaland's up top, mm-hmm. this is going to sound booky, but weirdly, because Haaland's up top, I'm not selling, we're not selling ZS, by the way, so we, we, we might put Z, we might put ZS in there. 
So, so no Kai. No, 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 Kai, no, Kai, no, Kai, Kai no, won't because because I think I think Kai is very effective as the false nine or a nine, okay. um, and I don't I think Haaland's better than <laughs> than Kai in that position if that makes sense. So you so you'd uh, have you'd have Kai as a, a, a backup. I would actually have Kai as a backup, hundred percent, and I because I think look we've got one of the best strikers in the world there. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So you kind of shift him out as a position, but mm-hmm. like. It's going to be needed. And to, your next question was if we had the same squad. Yeah, so out of the current squad, pick your ideal front three. Yeah, so then it would be, Kai would be the false nine. Mm-hmm. I would keep Mount. Mm-hmm. And I would actually play um, Pulisic, I think. Pulisic, okay. Interesting. Yeah, the and reason, then, I, says, yeah, oh. the reason I say that, I, I think... I find like I find that Kai Havertz is very effective when he has when he has players kind of running into the box. You know what I mean? Like taking mm-hmm. players away from him, mm-hmm. and I feel like Pulisic can do that. Mm-hmm. Whereas I don't think that would have been that would, Pulisic would be as effective when it was with someone like Haaland because Haaland always wants to ball in the behind. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what I've seen from him. So I think he. I think the reason why I put ZX in there. In the original formation was because he always he's always gonna want those pulls behind. Just feed the guy, he will score. Do you know what I mean? Like feed Yak, he will score. And that's literally the same with Halland. Um <laughs> so they, reference. I love it. You know what I mean, I always gotta drop it in there. Um, but yeah, and th- those would be the three. So if I had all my silence, Grealitz, Halland, and ZH, and then if I didn't have all my silence, the squad we have available up top would be um Kai Force 9 on the left it would be Mount and on the right it would be uh, Pulisic. People will call you mad for that. I, I'll give you, you mine straight away. Um, in terms of... Per- what, 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 which one will they call me mad for? Which one will they call me mad for? I'm going to let the streets call you mad. I'm not going to call you mad myself but I just I feel like the streets will call you mad. I feel okay. like I feel like the, the Kai thing on the bench they're probably not going to be happy about and then I think ZH as well. It's a bit of I think I think ZH is likely to leave anyway. Um, but I understand you put you lay down your thinking. I think with me, in terms of I'll do a front three from who we have right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. And I would I would definitely go for the thing is if we're playing this formation as in, in terms of a three four three, then I'm going in for tucked in players. I'd probably go with uh, a little bit. A little bit of what we've got in terms of Havertz up front and then Mount and Werner behind him because they've got mm-hmm. high energy, they're tucked in, etc. etc. I think that's been almost the one that's worked best, but I don't think that it's a great front three, really intriguing. I wouldn't be happy with it. In terms of if we were to purchase, I'm going an Isak over Haaland. Um, Interesting. That's- we do the Patreon pod, and I explain why. So head over to the Patreon to kind of listen to that. Um, I'm going Kai, Isak, and then I'm probably going to go... Who do we have? Really and truly, if hudson Odoi isn't playing the right wing-back one, I'm going hudson Odoi there, um, because then you've got a pure creator, and then you've got two goal scorers. Um, 
That's just me. People that I, I know, I said the streets might come after you. The streets might come, come after me too. But they might, they might, they might. They know my, they know my app. They know my. I need to apologize about something later, anyway. But that's that's another story. Do you want to apologize um, right now? Yeah, yeah, maybe actually, yeah, maybe. But I was going to ask you a quick question, actually. Oh, um, this is discussion, isn't it? It's a dialogue. We're talking, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So. But I sound like I'm Paul from fucking. We're <laughs> <laughs> okay. talking. I sound like fucking Blue, Paul from Blue Derby. Um, no, what I was gonna say is that. Um, what what what's your opinion of Kai's like through balls and playing players in and etc. So I the reason I'm uh, the reason I'm asking this will lead on. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? What do you think of that? So I've always said since we bought him, like yes, he can get assists, but if you look at him historically. He's always scored more goals than he set up. Exactly. So he's not the prime creator. And I actually think people underestimate him as a goal scorer. Um, I think the people look at the amount of goals he scored in the Premier League, etc., but they forget that he was played in midfield. And even in midfield, he was doing more defensive duties than he was doing attacking. I think when since we've seen him up top, he's done a pretty good job. I think he's been like at least one in two. And we see him for Germany as well. He's a he's a goal for it. Um and what I'd say is that, yeah, just, just because someone can do a through ball doesn't make them a playmaker. Do you know what I'm saying? He's got good no. vision. He's got good vision. He can do good cutbacks. How many, how many times do we see him do that cutback when he's on the, on the channel and he cuts it back into the box and Werner's missed it or whatever? We saw it in the Champions League finals. Yes, he can find people, but we need a, a proper creation guy, just someone that cares about creation. That's what I think. I, I totally understand that. but. There's a reason I asked you that. It was just mm -hmm. to justify my point even more and mm -hmm. just to make sure that I wasn't as mad as I <laughs> okay. was. Okay. No, 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 exactly. Because what you what you proved to me is to make sure I was mad is that he isn't really known for his creative balls from long or far. Like, do you know what I mean? oh, Yes, the cutback, but he's already in the box, right? He's already yeah. in front yeah. of play. Exactly. So with my formation, with Hallen being up top, it it doesn't for me. It doesn't make sense for Havertz to be playing just behind him as the three because it's, I don't. Think that's how Haaland is most effective. Well, I think he wants to be in behind quite early, and I don't. And I don't think that's Havertz's strength. I think so, so, no, no. So so when you say the streets will come for me, the streets need to understand the reasoning. <laughs> why I, I said. You know, I, you know Havertz, what I mean? Havertz has played with a striker up front for Bayer Leverkusen, so I think he'll be fine. Yeah. He's, he'll be playing, fine playing with a striker, but also he scored more goals when the striker was out and he was the main guy. It's kind of why I want Isak, because Isak likes to drop deep, which will leave space for um, uh, Havertz to be the main guy. But quickly, because just wrapping up, um, your, yes. thoughts, your thoughts on Ruben Loftus-Cheek, because allegedly Ruben Loftus-Cheek wants to come back and he wants to try to win over Tuchel. Um, Loftus-Cheek came to Fulham, Fulham fans weren't really digging him like that. Um, and I think that's turned away a lot of Chelsea fans because he had massive support from the fan base. But now it's almost like the fan base just see him as like the forgotten man, the forgotten son. And so a lot of people won't care if, if he was to be sold this summer. He was linked with going to Lazio. Sorry, allegedly really wants him, but apparently Ruben isn't going to go anywhere until he gets in front of Tuchel because he wants to convince him. So yeah, just like rounding up, what's your thoughts on um, Ruben Loftus-Cheek? And do you have any hopes for him? I think everyone has a sweet spot. Every Chelsea fan, so it has a sweet spot for Ruben. 
Um, everyone wanted him to succeed. There's not one, I don't think there's one Chelsea fan who didn't want him to succeed. However, I think the loan spell was not what we expected. I'll be honest, when the loan spell was proposed and when it happened, I was actually very excited. I thought it made so much sense. Mm-hmm. However, in my opinion, I felt it backfired. He wasn't even starting half the games. Um, Tuchel said he's going to give him a chance, and I actually respect that. I think he deserves a preseason chance. However, in my opinion, I'm not sure that he can break in to this team. I don't think he's good enough. I think it's as simple as that. And I think we need to get away from, well, I, I'll only speak for myself, I think I need to get away from the sentimental, look, we love him, he's a Chelsea Academy boy, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, we love that. But is he really good enough to start and to be in this team, to break in this team? Tuchel will know. Tuchel's not an idiot. I've always said it from the episodes I was in before. I'm so, like, the guy. I think Tuchel's so intelligent. I love his tactical. He doesn't do anything quickly. He thinks about everything. So I really feel he deserves a fair chance. Mm-hmm. However, I don't think he's going to have enough to break in the team. That's my quick opinion. Yeah, what I'd say is just wrapping up on a final point on this. Um, so I think, I think he's actually not too dissimilar to Akai in terms of profile. And, and um, I don't think Loftus Sheep comes back and demands to start. But at the same time, like he's missed so many, much football already in his career. I, I just, I would be apprehensive if I was him to come to Chelsea and have another season missing out. So yeah, for, for me, I'd, I'd tell Loftus Sheep to, to run. Like already there's too many options in attack, like really and truly. What, not even do pre-season? Do pre-season, yeah, but actually that, I'd even make my mind up now. I'd probably want to go, if I can get to Sari, Lazio, someone that, you know, actually I played well with. Um, he understands me. He understands how to get me firing. I wouldn't take the chance of a new manager. I don't think that Loftus Sheik, his stock continues to plummet. And I feel like he has to be wise and he has to be taking a smart move and rejoin one of the, the, the manager that he says that was the best manager he ever played under. Too cool can come, and you saw it started well with Hudson Odoi, and then bam, you know it went to shit. And Too cool loves high energy pressing players. Loftus Sheik isn't that, so yeah. I I wouldn't risk it if I was him. I'd go to so I'll, I'll go to Italy. Out of curiosity, are they in, even interested, or are you allegedly, just saying that? No, no. Just, allegedly, Lats Sorry wants him. Uh, sorry, really wants him. So. If that option is there, it's links. I can't confirm it. I'm not ITK. This isn't what Jesse L was about. But if that link is there, and don't forget, the Italian league, you see Lukaku going there and using his PMP and he's like, you know, Kalil coming to earth and he's just got superpowers and shit like that. Yeah, maybe that helps um, Loftus-Cheek. But also being away from the press because all of this, you know, like the Instagram model stuff you start seeing on Twitter, I think it's good for a lot of these players to get away from the English press because it can be really, and not just the English press, but the fans too. Because even Chelsea fans at this point, where Chelsea fans, if you say a bad word against Mount, they're going to be on your neck. It's not the same way with Ruben Loftus-Cheek. It's very fickle um, fandom. And as much as like Chelsea fans loved Ruben Loftus-Cheek before the injury, I think a lot of, of them, they don't really care at this point. So if I'm Loftus-Cheek, I'm doing the best by my career. I'm going to go to Italy. I'm going to try and rebuild. I think that makes sense. I would fully agree with that, bro. Yeah. I can't, I can't, I back that up. Okay. And with that, 
Um, we'll wrap up, Jesse. How are Great. Thank you. Let me say my thing first. Let me okay, go. On. Listen. So apparently, someone took my mic, okay. and at some point, my fans, yeah, someone took my mic and said that um, Reese was. <laughs> someone took, why are you looking at this guy? So at one point during the episode, someone took my mic and said that Reese. Reese James was playing um, uh, RCB yeah. instead of watching back. I don't know who did it. It's crazy, but it's crazy. Yeah. But and, uh, to be honest, it was me. I said it. I, probably, <laughs> I said it. Listen, I, haven't, I wasn't sober throughout the game. I, I did watch the game again, but um, yeah. The greatest match in the history of Chelsea Football Club. get other people to win money for you do not sleep on that i'll put the link in the description click it it helps sunshine fracker and it can help you get money thank you means and, and Andrew for joining me again for another chessy hour it's good to have thank you guys you. back thank you um and we will yes. see you next week see you later bye yes Sports Social Podcast Network.